Can I get a coffee? Yeah. But you're complaining about not having time to do this? Wait. I didn't say I didn't have time to do this. I was here at 8, which is when we planned to start. And you said you can't start at 8 until before... You can't start before 8 because that's when you still technically have members doing stuff in the gym. Yeah, that's true. But you could have been in here setting all of this up. Well, I didn't know you'd fucked with it. I didn't. You did. My, look at my cable. I can't see anything. <laughs> the people at home will trust... No, they won't trust you. They will trust me because they understand that I'm not the bad guy in That's this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Someone had to take the fall. Dude. Did I just pull yours stop out? Stop pulling on shit. <laughs> I just want to be comfortable as well while we do this. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, I need to fix this. But we're still recording while you do this? Yeah. That's right. fine. Well, I'll do an intro then. Hey, you know that it's filming, right? Yeah, but I had to move that so that I could, didn't pull it over. <laughs> Yep. Hey guys, welcome to the Uneducated <laughs> Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, Andy. This is your host, Steve. Co-hosts. Uh, co- we're co-hosts. co-hosts. But, you know, like... But I'm really, probably the real host. Are we, it does say on the... Um, like, when you watch a podcast, it says, by Stephen Norman. Yeah. It doesn't say, by Uneducated yeah. Opinions, <laughs> or Steve and Andy, or Andy and Steve. I would like to know if, if it was going to be... The Andy and Steve show or the Steve and Andy show, which one do you think it would be? I could put a poll up on the Instagram. Instagrams. We'd probably get a vote. That'd be the deciding vote. So if you're a friend of mine or a friend of Steve's, I would vote for me because it'd be funny <laughs> to have it as the Andy and Steve show. You know what My, we should do? We should see where the bulk of our listeners come from by doing a poll insane because let's be honest no one's no none of our listeners are not people we don't know yeah are people we, so that was a double negative that didn't work are people we don't know so we should do a post and see from the majority of our listeners which friends group majority of it has come from yeah i feel like it's definitely from your friends group. <laughs> that's just because i talk about it more though mm. you choose not to mention it when people because you don't like giving your friends shout outs because you're a dick i love giving my friends shout outs the thing is, I, I, I'm very, like, humble, so I don't, so I don't talk about my, my podcast and myself a lot. You know, I'm not a great salesman when I talk to that. <laughs> uh, do you think, what job, if you were going to get into another job, what other job do you think you would do if you didn't want to coach weightlifting and you weren't doing fish tank stuff? Oh. What would your other career path be? If I'd, you been, could choose I'd be in marketing. Would you actually? Yeah, I'd work for an ad agency probably. Yeah? Yeah. Is that because you feel like you're a creative soul? No, I mean, like, that's what I studied. Like, that's my background. Mm. So I just go back to that. How heavily is me sipping this coffee going to come through? Probably not. It depends how heavily you sip it. If you're just like, yeah, like, that's definitely coming through. Um, I'd like to point out that we're recording this at 8 a.m. again, so we're not uh, drinking beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm almost, I haven't really. 100% done this yet, but I think I'm almost going to cut out alcohol until... Um, Arnold's? The Arnold. What's the Arnold's, Andy? What? <laughs> no, so I've qualified for um, the Arnold in Strongman, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, at first, I thought it was a pretty big deal. Then I realized, you know, qualifying is... One thing. You know, not that hard. Isn't but it? actually being 
a good competitor there is going to be the real test. Mm -hmm. Like the weights there are super heavy, far exceeding my 1RMs and everything. Yeah. Like my best deadlift is 237 on a regular bar mm. and they expect us to pull 260 on an axle bar for reps. Mm. How long do you have? It's in March. March. Mm. When in March? March 20th. 20th. Yeah, it's on a Friday. I'm on, I'm on the Friday. On the Friday, okay. But I think a whole crew will end up going down. Yeah, I'm actually, I'll consider coming down. Mm. That's just after my birthday as well, so I can maybe... Party afterwards. Well, that's the thing. Mm. That's the cool thing about being there, competing on the Friday. You can go cause I'm in drink and watch the drink Saturday. Saturday, mm. Sunday, <laughs> Monday. Especially if I'm going to like... Friday See, I, 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 I don't know if I'm actually going to stick to not having any alcohol during this period, mm. but... Like, I've been doing pretty well. Mm. See, I've said that plenty of times. I'm going to stick to having no alcohol and then, like... But you do that during the Open. Goes out the window. That's five weeks at least. Mm. And you do it before the Open as well? Try to, yeah. I think I had one really good year where I didn't drink for probably six weeks leading into the Open and then the five weeks of the Open as well. Barring, like, um, like uh, I think during that, that Open... There was a birthday three weeks out of the open. Yeah. And I had one beer. Mm. And then I think I had two beers on Valentine's Day, which was during like the first week of the open. Yeah. And that was on like a, it was the Friday after I did the first workout anyway. Mm. Yeah. I, and you know, we've obviously talked about this many times, but for me, it's more so about, well, actually it's two things. It's the discipline. Like mm. that makes me feel like I'm, really like attacking my goals yeah but then the second thing is it makes me uh like uh, for me recovery is the biggest mm. the biggest factor that i don't have one over just regular people because you were talking about this last night not not last night the night before is like how hard it is for us to actually get enough sleep properly yes with yeah the with just your work do. schedule yeah you know, we're sure. up at like Early morning, we do early mornings, like starting at like six o'clock, and then we do late nights. We finish at like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. And then by the time you get home, have dinner, try to decompress. Like. Yeah. It's hard to get to bed at so a I think reasonable time. I've worked it out before. Whereas if I if I'm staying at home, the absolute latest I can get up in the morning. Because the other thing is part of like, I guess for me, daily ritual is making sure I'm awake half an hour at least before I have to leave the house. Yeah. So that I can. Because you're gonna get, get up, up your driveway. Yeah. No, but so I can get up, like, if I'm feeling really flat that morning, it gives me time to have a quick shower. Yeah. I can actually eat something, probably make a coffee as I'm walking out the door, which is, like, a big thing for me. If I don't have that, then it's yeah. just... Just because it's habitual, right? Um, so then if I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work, I get up at 4.30, and then if I'm going home that night, I finish at 7.30... I'm not actually home until probably 8.45 by the time you've locked up the gym and everything. Yeah. 8.45, have dinner, have a shower. By the time you actually get to bed, it's 9.45, 9.30, maybe 10 if you were dawdling a little bit. So you get to bed at 9.30 even. You've got to be up at 4.30 again the next day. That's only seven hours sleep, which seven hours seems like a lot, but it's not really. Like, Especially if you're trying when you're looking to be at an performance athlete. Stage, yeah, you need like at least eight, if not nine. Mm. Yeah, I, so my sweet spot is nine hours. If I get nine hours somehow, it doesn't happen. Mm. But if I get nine hours, it's magic. Yeah. Like, 
my performance goes up, mm. my uh, like mood is really elevated. Mm. So last night I had seven hours mm. of actual sleeping time. Like I was in bed for longer, mm. but like when I was asleep, it was seven hours because mm. I track it on sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nine hours is. You know what's really interesting level. is um. I said this to you the other day. I noticed um, it's probably not my baseline. Probably isn't great because I started doing all my sleep tracking and everything um, like through the Christmas period. So on times where I have been drinking pretty regularly, yeah. but my baseline for, for example, like what they call, I have that Polar Watch and the app, and what they call uh, like your autonomic nervous system recharge score which is sort of how well your sympathetic nervous system shuts down when you try and go to, when you want to go to sleep. Uh, and the way that it measures that is like your breaths per minute, your resting heart rate while you're asleep, and then also your heart rate variability. And my HRV baseline for even off that period has been like, uh, I think like high eighties. But if I have, a uh, big Saturday night like I did like my heart rate variability still isn't back to baseline yet it wasn't it was still just below my baseline last night and it's been four nights yeah and it's still not back to where it normally would be so it's funny to see how much of an effect that big night out has on your ability to shut down and recover for a lasting period of time. Like it's yeah, not just... it's not just the day after. It's not just the day after. Like people go, I'm not hungover anymore. But if you actually look at like your sleep patterns and what happens, like it's probably very, very different. I'd be very interested to see now that hopefully, fingers crossed, I stay off the beers for a month or so and then see whether if maybe my HRV... Because I would expect my HRV when healthy to be up around the hundreds, not, yeah. not mid to high 80s. So we'll see what... Whether if that changes, but it's just interesting. Is it improving with you being less? No, but you have beers on the weekend as well. Mm. So you. That's like what I mean. Hard like, I'm from, I've had beers try. every weekend since. Yeah, Christmas. you'd almost want to have like a month off completely yeah. to to monitor and see where you bounce to. Yes, correct. Bounce back to. Yep, and that would be the best way to um, see what alcohol actually is doing as well. Yeah, because it would be interesting if in a month my say my HRV is up to 105 when I'm asleep and then you have a big night on the beers and it takes a week to even get back above 70. And can you explain for people what HRV is? Uh, heart rate variability is like the, it's the time between individual beats of your heart and how much that, it's a score dictating how much variance there is. So lots of variance and a high heart rate variability is a good thing, correct? Or is it the other way around? No, low low HRV is good, right? No, high HRV is good. I don't know, but one of them is good. You want a fairly green. High. You want it to be green. Yeah, you want a <laughs> no, you want a high degree of variability between beats. Beats. Okay. Um, when you're in rest and digest. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So when you're in, uh, like, that's why it's a good measure of your ability for like the autonomic nervous system to do so it. So it's about testing like regulation. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not the it's it's not the so like if your if your heart rate is uh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a tissue? Oh, I moved them over the That's other okay. side. That's fine. 
So for those that are just listening. <laughs> Steve just spilled his coffee on himself. Which has a lid on it, so <clears throat> it would seem pretty difficult normally to do that. <laughs> I have a real bad habit of spilling stuff. I spilled my beer when I was out the other night. So I don't wear white shirts. I try not to. I very rarely this wear is them. Because, because of that. It's not so, was that hot as well? No, it's just hot. Oh, okay. Up here. Did you want ice? I moved the phone. <laughs> That's hot. okay. That's all right. But yeah, um, so it, it's not measuring the the actual wave size or the is that the amplitude? No, the amplitudes. Oh my god. The voltage. I I do not remember anything about waves. Can you teach me about waves today? Uh, Quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can try to. So um, you know, if we if you think about a so, graph where a wave's going up down up down up yeah. down up down. So you have. So in your in an in an EMG graph, if you're watching, I'm going to try and do it as best I can on yeah. the pretend screen. Okay, if you have an EMG graph, you have your P Q R S T. Yeah, that's the way that's set up, and that is when you see the base coming along. So that little flat line, and then you have a little dip here just before the big spike. That's your P wave, and that is Repolarization, which means a uh, an extra electron being added to electrons crossing over to the atrium, no, to the ventricle, sorry, to the ventricle of the heart, and then the QRS complex is that big, the bottom part here at the bottom of that dip is the Q, the top is the R, and the S. That's your actual beat. That's where blood is pushed out of the heart. That's your QRS complex. That is ventricle depolarization. So that's using the action potential that has crossed into the heart, into that ventricle. It's using that to push blood out. So then it loses that electron, I believe, which is the action potential, or loses that action potential anyway. Uh, and then when you get back down, then you have another dip just after, which is your T wave, and that is atrial repolarization as well. Again. Okay, no, atrial, which is oh. different. Yeah, so then you have atrial repolarization, and then that passes back over here to the P wave again, which is the uh, action potential crossing um, back into, again, because you have a different action potential coming each time. So you have, it comes from the left uh, atrium into the left ventricle, pushes into the right ventricle, the right atrium, uh. and then it moves away from the heart, and then another one comes in back on the other side of the heart again. Which is why there is variance, mm -hmm. and it's not like a exact an exact every time. beep. Yeah. So, what does like arrhythmia look like? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, arrhythmia. Arrhythmia is just an irregularity between. Um, arrhythmia is an irregularity between P wave and the QRS complex, I believe. So, there should be like a uh, if every uh, every most PQRS should look fairly similar the whole time. There might be differences between each complex itself, but uh, what will happen? And I'm not actually 100% sure this is right, but is there, luckily this is uneducated yeah, opinion. There may sometimes be stalls between the P wave and the QRS complex, yeah. and that's what your no, that's not an arrhythmia. No, that's a lie. That's um, that's uh, an issue with the SA node. That's wrong. Oh. 
And what I can't is, remember how to read an What does an a arrhythmia? heart attack look like? <laughs> a heart attack. A heart attack is just no regularity at all to okay. the beats. Because a heart attack, this is what a lot of people get mixed up. A heart attack isn't actually cardiac arrest, right? It's not the heart stopping. That's a myocardial... That's a myocardial infarction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a Function. massively... Hey? Infarction. <laughs> yeah. There's a massively irregular heartbeat. So your heart's going all out of control. And arrhythmia, I'm 99% sure, is irregular irregularity. Yeah. So there's regularly irregular, which means that yeah. maybe every six beats, the fifth one of those six beats is half a second longer than every other beat. And is that not, that's still not good, right? It's not good, but it's not necessarily dangerous like it, because okay. your heart is still doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Irregularly irregular is maybe it's like if you go time between, uh, time of the QRS complex, maybe it's 0 0.02 milliseconds, 0 0.02 milliseconds, 0 0.07, 0 0.02, 0 0.02, 0 0.05, 0 0.02, 0 0.01, 0 0.07. Irregular, irregularly irregular, so no pattern and no distinct shape to it. Um, is really bad. That's an irregular, irregularly irregular heartbeat, which is dangerous, which is very dangerous. I see. And uh, how do steroids affect the heart? <laughs> yeah, you tell me. I have no idea. I've been doing a lot of talking. I was just bringing the conversation to what we were going to uh, originally okay. talk about. Uh, how do steroids affect the heart? What kind of steroid? Like anabolic know. kind? Yeah. I'm pretty sure anabolic steroids can result in like hypertrophy of the heart as well, can't they? I think so. Mm. Which is not good. Why is that not good? Um, well, because hypertrophy of the heart, if your heart actually, if the muscle itself grows in size, then you actually have a decrease in volume. Ah, so you're well. like restricting so flow. So you're actually restricting flow, yeah. Interesting. So you don't actually want... Uh, like you have what's called left ventricular hypertrophy, which is where the bl blood fills from the body to then get pumped back out and through the aortic valve. So you don't actually want that thickening because that's going to decrease the amount of diastolic flow that you can get in there, which is the repump, refilling back into the heart. Interesting. On the off chance that someone like Beck listens to this podcast, Please don't tell anyone all the stuff that I'm getting wrong here because I'm 90% sure like only 50% of what I'm saying is right. I think you've done well to uh, make it look like you know what you're talking about. I did it once in like two separate subjects at some point ages ago. So the world of weightlifting was rocked this week mm. by a new documentary that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, called Lord of the Lifters. Mm -hmm. It's a German documentary. Uh, the same mob that broke the Russian doping scandal originally back in 2015, 2016, something like that. 14. Wh whenever it was. No, it was 2014. No, yeah, something. Yeah, whenever. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Anyway, um, and that has caused a huge stir because one... If you've watched the documentary Icarus, it really exposed what systematic doping looks like for a country. Yep. But when this, it's passed down from the highest order. When it's passed down from the highest order. But this documentary mm. showed systematic 
doping, but also, uh, I guess, like just wide scale corruption at the highest level within the sport of weightlifting. Mm. So it basically brings in people like the president of the IWF, Thomas mm. Ion, and high level uh, executives from different countries, federations, as all culpable in one doping and letting people get under the table, missing funds, so people are hiding funds and mm. doing all of that. And then pe- actually, you know, when people, you know, when people get done in for steroids and like, I was a scapegoat, yeah, it yeah. kind of makes those claims valid. Mm. Ricky Garrard. Unfortunately, Ricky Garrard is not included in this <laughs> because it's CrossFit. <laughs> it's CrossFit and not uh, WADA tested. Yeah. But basically, it means that like everyone's corrupt. Yeah. And it's a scary world we live in. Mm. There's not many things that money and power can't buy you. No. And it seems to also show that Fuck. countries where, like, countries like, you know, as Azerbaijan as and all those places that got that have been done recently mm. have potentially only gotten done because they didn't pay their fees or their bribes. <laughs> what, to the IOC? To the IWF. Oh, IWF, sorry. Interesting. You know what's really funny about even even not looking at the corruption of people, but maybe the ability of certain nations uh, to stand over the top of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether you've talked about this before on this podcast, but the it's funny to see the IOC at the start of last year come out and say that due to Russia's just blatant ignoring of the rules in almost all sports, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be banned from the Olympics altogether. Yeah. And then within a month, obviously, you would almost think someone's gotten a phone call from Putin and reneged. they've come back out and reneged, which is like... It's just... It's funny. Like, if you can come out and make a statement like that, like, it's not on, goodbye, and then you renege from that statement, any credibility you have is gone. Yeah. And that is one of... That's one of the many reasons why the Olympics is becoming a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is a joke because, I mean, the big... It's even like we talked about the other day, was it on our last podcast where, um, on 17, where you pointed out the fact that the Olympics began as an amateur sport, right? Mm. And the rules have very gradually, even the most recent one saying that uh, going to the point where now NBA players, for example, are allowed to play in the basketball in the Olympics. Yeah which that was never allowed because it was supposed to be an amateur sport uh, contest. But now, like, we're moving... We're completely gone from what the roots of the Olympics originally was. Yeah, I agree. what it's supposed to have been. That, that's exactly what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's the thing, you know, like, people will, will say, hey, what, what about if we just let steroids be allowed? What if we mm-hmm. let... Well, let's not just say steroids. Let's say performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. Because that encompasses a whole bunch of things more than just testosterone, mm. anavar, dianabol, like mm-hmm. all of those things. There's EPO, there's, there's trimbolone. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, like it's not just anabolics. Mm. There's, there's uh, amphetamines, there's... 
Do you think you know, that um, recreational drugs should be on the banned list? Ban list? No, I mean they should be banned in competition. Yeah, but they don't have like long-lasting side effects in terms of like performance enhancing. Mm. Mm. So that podcast that I started listening to the other day is interesting. That that guy is doing. Um, so Andy suggested that I listen to a weightlifting house podcast on the history of PEDs in sport. Um, it's a really is, good episode. Which is the performance enhancing drugs. And just listening to, they're doing research at the moment to see how much of a lasting effect um, on muscle uh, nucleotides that anabolic steroids have uh, in people who maybe took steroids years ago, if they still have that lasting effect. And I thought the way that I had probably never really thought about it myself was really interesting is that if you get someone that even naturally does a whole bunch of training, a whole bunch of hypertrophy and strength work, we see a difference in nucleotides in that, which is what is defined as like that muscle memory, years in advance, even after a massive period of detraining, mm. you still see that difference which would be the suggestion that that's why someone who's trained for years and years and years, they have two years off for a back injury and then they come back. It doesn't take them that long to get back to better than most people. Yeah. Um, and so the same theory surely would work with anabolic steroids, right? So if you take an anabolic steroid, those numbers in the muscles increase, then why would you think that those, logically anyway, why would you think that those numbers are going to drop back just because you've ceased to take anabolic steroids? Yeah. If it doesn't happen in any other setting. Well, I mean, that's what they found on the mice studies. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if we were to... But very rarely do mice studies carry over exactly to male studies. Yes. To human to studies. Yeah. But like, if we were to infer, I mean, you can see it. Yeah, like, of course you can see. Like, if yeah. you, you know someone who's done the, like, drugs. Yeah. And then you see them come off the drugs. A good example, Ilya Ilin. Mm. We know he's doped. We know he's come back. He's a lot worse than he was. Mm. But he's not that much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's still able to compete at a world level. Yeah. He's just not the best anymore. Yeah. And he's old too. Mm. But, so, like, you take into account some a country that has like maybe systematic doping where they start these kids off at 13 years old for men. So for... Uh, Before they're being tested in 12, 12, 12 years old for men, 13 years old for women. Mm -hmm. You get them doping all the way up until... Are you struggling with the heat? No, no, I'm fine. Oh. I was just keeping an eye on the clock. Oh, okay. Do you need to go now? No, no, I've uh, got time. Um, and you see them, you know, dope all the way until they're 20. They're off the grid. You don't know them. And then they come off. They have like a full year or two off mm. steroids. That amount of training that they had when they were young is the reason that they're at the world level not getting busted now. Mm. And it's scary mm. to see. Because like, and that, that, that was my point earlier before you started talking was people say, who cares? Let's just let everyone dope. Mm. But it's not as simple as that because, yeah. and he go, the podcast goes into it. It's not that they're doping adults. In these countries where it's not free reign, it's not free choice, mm. they're doping children. Yeah. 
who they, don't have the they don't have the say they don't have the knowledge to know either yeah, yeah. they don't have the capacity to understand mm. what's going on they also are you know like if we look at different countries they don't have the same resources mm. that we have they yeah. don't have the same knowledge of physiology that mm. we have in these countries as well yeah. sometimes yeah. so even if you go away from that though the argument that I've always had especially with uh, like things like cycling and that sort of thing and you can see it in sports where it is legal uh, like Mr. Olympia for example like where well, it's not legal it's, where it's clear that everyone yeah. is where it's clear that everyone is on it yeah yeah and nothing's been nothing is done about it right um, you don't want if you were to say in the Olympics okay it's legal free reign do whatever you want then it really begins to come down to not who is the better athlete, it comes down to who has the better pharmacist. Yes. And you don't want the sport to become more about that than about everything else, which is why... But um, see, like, that, I don't think that's a good... I, look, I understand what you're saying. The my, reason I can I counter the argument before you counter it? Because okay. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Yeah, okay. Is that, like, with development in science as well, yeah. like in sport in general, but I don't think it's the same. Like, I don't think it's the same to say, like, like for example, Australia is really, really, uh, is really far ahead of most other nations as far as sports science is concerned. Yeah, like, we've mastered the idea of, like, sanding a ball down. Yeah. <laughs> adjust for spin. Adjust for spin? I don't know. Whatever. If you're going to comment, <laughs> at least know your argument. <laughs> Anyway, go, yeah, what was your, what was your counterpoint? Why that was my, my... My counterpoint is that it already is who has the, the best training theory, best scientists. It's not just about, like, an amateur athlete getting after it at the gym or wherever they mm. are to improve. There's already so many hands in the pool. There's, you know, if, if you're in a, in a place where, like, you have access to, like, physiotherapy, to, you know, I don't know how much you place validity into like things like cryo, sauna, like all of those things. Like if, if you're already doing that stuff, mm. like, you know, having a good doctor on hand is probably like a logical step for a lot of these countries. I mean, yeah. that, at least that's how they're going to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's, that's I can see I the argument, but yeah. I, I think for me, there's a pretty clear line in the sand between the two, yeah. but that might just be yeah. my personal biases about it as well. Mm. And I like I'm only just making the argument for the sake of it. I actually think that it it shouldn't happen. Mm. Like I'm for all for proper testing protocols in sports. I want athletes to be athletes. It's about human, like natural human potential. Mm. It's the same as like wearing sleeves and a belt is not the same as wearing like. Oh, wait. Steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, not the same as wearing, you know, wraps and uh, full yeah. I've never suit. worn, I've never squatted in wraps. I have wraps downstairs. You can try them if you want. Just try squatting in my sleeves one day. Yeah. The red ones. Mm. While they're still new and I don't actually use them enough <laughs> to get stinky. I need to do the next three days of my strength program over the next three days. Oh, have you only done day I've one? I've only done deadlifts this week <sighs> so far. That's fine. I'll be able to. Like, it's yeah. not, not a problem. But, just, yeah. Are you training today? Yeah, but today, like, I only got to do the pressing today, which is like a... Uh, what time are you training Like, that today? doesn't really put much strain, I don't feel like. Well, I have a chiro appointment at 2, 
and then I'll probably go straight from there to the gym to train. Ah, okay. Are you here or at Anagraph? Here. Oh, you're here? Yeah. Two, so you go... What time do you start work? 4.30. What time do you have to be there? 4.15. Do you potentially want to train here? If I can get here by three. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, let me know Because I can bust you... out the pressing session in an hour. Yeah, let me know how you're going, because, like, I need to train as well. Okay. I'd like someone around while I train. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. Um, but I also need to know whether I get back here by three as well. Yeah, okay. Um, That's fine. With the... Well, I guess the next step, because, like, we both agree steroid support bad. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not safe for the athletes. That's the main thing, right? Mm. Safety. That being said, even if this is... I'm not sure how... Oh, I'll just ask you the question. If I could guarantee you a gold medal... Yeah. ...but told you it's going to take five years off your life... Yeah. ...would you take the gold medal? And you're not going to get busted. And you're not going to get busted. Would guarantee you it. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, that's the thing. Probably. Yeah. That's the, And that's the... That's the... That's why you've got to make the punishment so severe. Because the thing... The punishment's so severe and the likelihood of getting punishment enough... So likely, yeah. ...that... Like, it's not... Like, I'm not inherently a good person. Mm. I will do whatever it takes to, to win and get by. A lot of my... A lot of the guiding force in my life is, is by... punishment. Will I get caught and will I get in trouble yeah, for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can get away with something, like... Screw ethics. Like, mm. I probably would. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Like, as like a, as someone who is like very interested in performance, mm. I do look for an edge. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing, one of the only things that probably stops me, well, two things stop Maybe me. Maybe start from, with getting enough sleep. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> the two things that stop me are one is that I haven't put the emphasis on the things that actually matter. Mm. So like, if I was perfect then that would be a thing that I'd look yes, at. Yes, correct. Yeah. But then the second thing is like, I want to compete in weightlifting still. Yeah, yeah. And I want to, I don't want to be a cheater. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But is it your ethical guidance that stops you from wanting to be a cheater? Or is it just the risk of the branding that you're going to get if you were to be caught cheating? No, I actually also don't want to be a cheater. Mm. Like if it was within the rules, as it is, kind of with strongman where it's like just unspoken mm. like that then it doesn't bother me yeah but i couldn't like i couldn't look at my friends who i'm competing against mm. and be like hey guys uh so i just added 20 kilos to my uh calf raise like <laughs> <laughs> in a day <laughs> you see that video that donny tagged me in last yeah, night <laughs> you tagged us both in it yeah um I don't, I don't quite know what he was getting at by ta- saying you. That's what you do. Yeah. And I and I I also wanted to ask whether like I wonder if he's been programmed that, and there's some validity to it, or if it's just like a crazy person at the gym. Hey, look. When I first saw it, my first thought was like, that's spaz. But also, looking at like, trying to think how that could be beneficial if it was yeah. something that he was doing. Um, so obviously for everyone not knowing what the hell we're talking about, there was a guy that was doing like a quarter squat, not even quarter squat, an eighth of a squat, and then like exploding up and forward with his hips. Yeah. So like essentially like a thrusting motion, right? And then, um, so obviously you know what the joke is. And then um, I was just trying to think like, is there any sort of a 
way to actually validate that movement and be like, okay, maybe it's being beneficial for this. But it isn't because he'd be... There's no way would, of doing he'd it. He'd have to leave the ground for it to have any carryover. Like if he was doing like a jump squat, even if it wasn't to death, I reckon that would be better. But right now, what pattern is he trying? He's, he's, yeah, there's no his, pattern. Um, That's the issue. And anything that you could maybe argue he's trying to do would be better off being done either more... Well, would just be better off being done other ways. Either like supine on the ground with the load in a different position or... Yeah, hip thrusts are always better. Yeah, on the ground, yeah. Or... Um, or more, ver- or more vertical, like rather than like you're trying to move upwards rather than forwards, which is essentially what he was doing. Yeah, right? yeah, he was, he was basically turning. Uh, so like when you extend the ankle, mm. knee, hip, mm. and like bring the shoulders back, that is essentially what you're doing during a jump. Mm. And the aim is for the sequencing to line up, that it propels you upwards. Yes. What he was doing was aggressively doing everything really fast to cancel each other out mm. so that he almost was just standing up with weight mm. and not moving. But well, actually, he was moving backwards. But, yeah, so that means How's that the quad he dominance? was... Yeah, extending the <laughs> knee hard and yeah. throwing the shoulders back too yeah. much. Not enough. Not enough glutes, not enough mm. ankle plantar flexion. Yep. I had a, my biomechanics lecturer ages ago get a guy to come out the front and um, just jump on the spot yeah. like five or six times, just jump, 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 and then like uh, explain why. So the guy who was jumping had like a slight movement backwards the whole time, just in his jumps, and just him explaining how that then works to show that he's probably quad dominant while extending the knee and yeah. extending the hip at the same time because he's moving backwards. And I thought it was really interesting to see like the way that maybe you can see those sort of things from a biomechanical point of view. Yeah, especially that, like, and those are the things that, like, stick with you from when you're, like, when you first figure those things out. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Because you see that in weightlifting, right? Like, in a push press, where people, Mm. like, slide back a whole bunch. Yeah. And it's, like, an aggressive, like, uh, like, knee extension. And then they... Do you do that? I'm guilty of that, Yeah. yeah. But you also jump backwards on your snatches, cleans. Donny jumps back so bad on his cleans right now. He and he was struggling. Like he wasn't even making contact. That's what happens when he starts to come and see you. He wasn't doing that before. I know he wasn't jumping backwards at all before. He wasn't cleaning before with me. Yeah, but now that he started cleaning with you, he's jumping back. Well, it's better than jumping (laughs) forwards. But yeah, no, I'm fixing fixing it. I know. Okay. Um, he's always had a really bad jump back. Like, his power clean is like a... No, he used to jump forward a lot. And then you fixed his jump forward. Yeah, and now he jumps back. Yeah. How he, you should. Pull he, back, jump back. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he lives a lot like you. Like, you're a lot better, but... He lives, <laughs> like, he, he moves similarly yeah, to yeah. you. But yeah, that's like... This is a discussion we had the other day. He's got very good timing. Yeah, he does. It's just time... That's, he's at, like, the positions maybe aren't that great. Like you said about me, the positions aren't that great, but the timing is rhythmic enough that it looks like it maybe is better. Yeah. So, like, he can his lifts actually look fairly pretty, even though maybe he's in not the best positions. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Which I think, to, like, timing is something that you can't teach, right? I think you can. Can you? Yeah. Some people have it, some people don't. Some people have it really easy, though. Yeah, okay. But you can teach it, but you've got to be patient enough to... 
learn it? To learn it. Yeah. Do you think because it's literally just practice? It is, because anyone can learn to dance. Yeah. But it's it's the same thing. Like it's it's exactly that. It's just sequencing. So a couple minutes. Yeah, um, we go off topic so quickly. Yeah, that's okay. Because we haven't even talked about punishment and stuff. Uh, Maybe yeah. we have to save that for uh, next time. We'll lead next week, mm -hmm. next week's episode off this mm -hmm. week's. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about the pe performance enhancing. Well, you know, we've done three podcasts in a row that are just all about training, <laughs> ah. training related stuff. That's right. We're on a roll. Yeah, <laughs> I think majority of our crowd listens to it. For that reason. For, not for that reason, but from that background. Hey, JP said he listened to the last episode. Yeah, he texted me and told me. Yeah. Because mm. I didn't realise that it was on the podcast that we were talking about. No, maybe we weren't talking about it. Did we talk about him on the podcast? Not in the way that you're thinking. Oh. No. We talked about that, but not about him. Yeah, no, 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 not that. Because he said something about his downstairs. Did we talk Oh, about yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, Oh, we did talk yeah, about yeah. that? We were talking about why he... Why I'm heavier than him, despite him being so much. Oh, bigger. yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to figure out, I was like, oh, we talked about JP. Listen, Bo had a crack at us about that the other day because I was like, look at the thickness of JP mm. compared to me and, like, why am I three kilos heavier than him at the moment? Yeah. And then Bo's like, because he's so much taller. And I'm like, Bo, I'm like an eye level above him. Like, I'm not that much taller than him. Yeah. He's like, trust me, it's more than enough. <laughs> And I'm like, he's like an eye level thicker than I am, <laughs> which is his whole size. I told you, man, he's got hollow bones. He must. No, he's he must like just have hollow muscles. All that, yeah. Big cross-sectional area, but not much actual density, density in there. You, yeah, you know, you're, you're pretty dense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just have he heavy bones. Big boned. That's my excuse. Yeah, that's what most fat people say. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking pretty fat at the moment. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> have you gotten on the gear? Is that why? No, it's because I'm not on it. I have to. I have to get. I have to get stronger by putting on weight. Yeah. How heavy are you now? I'm like 82. So I've put on weight. You're still 10 kilos lighter than me. Yeah. That makes sense. And you still deadlift and squat more than me. Yeah, but you also have to understand that, like, I'm a beast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when you get to Arnold's and try and deadlift 260 for reps. <laughs> I saw you, was that uh, Axel Bar 220 PR yesterday? Yeah, 20 kilos. 20 kilo PR? One versus 200. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So all those high reps have been paid working. off, apparently. Yeah, that's cool. Do you think it's high reps because it's just helping you positionally? No. My positions are pretty good. On, like, not, not on deadlifts. Fucking wanker. <laughs> on deadlifts, they are. <laughs> okay. So you don't think that... Okay, do you think the high reps are just training you to be better to support yourself through the torso? Yeah. But uh, rather than actual strength? I think, it's, I think it's actually just given me the... Like, I think the volume has actually helped my strength mm. as well. So do you think you would pull 240 on a regular bar? I can already almost pull 240 Yeah, but do you think you would hit it? Oh, now? yeah. 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 Do you think you did 250? Do you think all this volume has put 20 kilos on your axle bar or 20 kilos on your deadlift? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I think it's put it on my axle, axle bar. bar. No, I don't know what a... a Do you think some of that is maybe neural stuff to like learning yes. the bar path better? Yeah. 100%. Because this is, this is much simpler. Like you probably... You're doing um, axle, axle bar deadlifts at the moment. I don't find them that different. Uh, that's probably because you haven't had to lift 
so heavy on a regular bar where you're having to deal with whip and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main yeah. thing about this is that it's stiff and... I can't cheat. You can't cheat. That's yeah. the only reason that you have axle bar. That's why you get to use straps and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our, our goal is actually to improve your regular deadlift. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do we want to wrap up there? Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening to episode 18 of the Uneducated Opinions. Uh, If you liked the episode, let us know. Shoot us a message. Uh, We said at the end of the last one, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, shoot us a message. Let us know. We'll have a chat about it while we're on here. Anything you want to hear us talk about again, like I know at the end of our 17.5 episode, which if you haven't listened to, it's only a short 15-minute one. Tune in and give that one a listen. Uh, I said to give us a bell. Shoot us a message if you want us to go back and maybe discuss a little bit more about that as well. Um, otherwise, make sure you're following both of us on Instagram. Uh, Andy is at Train with Andy, and I'm at Steve Norman 250. <laughs> uh, you can follow the Uneducated Opinions at Uneducated Opinions, and if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and that little notifications bell so that you are notified every time we put out a new episode. See you guys. See you guys.